Hey, darling. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Um, okay. Well, it's Benson, in case you couldn't tell by the, the sinusy, nasally gay. And list. it's Friday. It's our Friday call. It's Friday. It's Friday, Friday, Friday. Um, I'm good. I, you know, I have a bit of a cold. And, and of course, I've, I've tested myself, I don't know, 30 times now to see if it was COVID. Uh, I'm hoping that one day we all are able to just have a simple head cold without... <laughs> without being concerned about having the plague. I'm looking forward to that day. I, How are well, you? Like, it's been a, I'm good. It's been like a pretty toxic situation for everybody. It's like a very PTSD illness. Anytime there's somebody sniffling, like, let me get the swab oh, right but, up in there. Like, <laughs> and God, like, you know, I, I, I try my best not to ever cough in public or sneeze in public. Like, you know, it's a, there, there's a moment where everyone stops and looks <laughs> and I'm like, okay, okay. It's, it's, it's allergies. I, I promise. <laughs> I am not typhoid Mary. <laughs> I am not typhoid Mary or her brother Marvin. <laughs> well, I am, um, I'm glad you called because um, I kind of want to talk about a text message that I got from our fashion historian friend. Rachel, and oh, I know Rachel of, the, of the Red Dress Book Project. Um, so yes, she God, writes I love for her. I love little, her. yeah, Little Red Fashion, That's which it. is like an education company um, for kids wanting to learn um, what goes on in the fashion industry. I just I love her. I love her project. I love her zeal and her. Um, her amazing tenacity for the things that she believes in. Uh, I, I really think of her as an ally in this uh, semi-uphill battle that we're fighting to bring the fashion industry to a place of joy and beauty uh, from a place of um, twisted ego and darkness. And I love that she's able to really manifest, uh, and, and this is, these are her words, manifest the audacity of greatness. Right. And I think that that part is what people should romanticize um, when it comes to a fashion career that like dare to reach out and talk to somebody that you fangirl over dare to say, please, can I just talk to you for 30 minutes? And it's amazing how much people want to connect. And so Rachel's really my my guiding light for a lot of the um, daring um, to make those audacious steps. <laughs> you know, well, you know, that's actually how I ended up dressing Grace Jones. Mm -hmm. When I was uh, supposed to be dying, I decided that I wasn't going to die before I damn well got a gown on Grace Jones because it had been a, a life goal since I was 19 to one day be a good enough designer to dress Grace Jones. And so every time I posted something that mentioned Grace Jones, I mentioned that I had a dress for her. I'd love to dress her. And eventually I got in touch with her, uh, her, her nephew reached out to me and was going to arrange a meeting in Syracuse that fell through. And then I became fairly close with her, her brother, Chris, and uh, lo and behold, I, I got to gift Grace Jones with a dress. So and carry me, her around at a concert. <laughs> oh, yeah, I carry her around the entirety of Detroit's Masonic Temple on my shoulders. It was, uh, you know, Detroit icon lifting his icon as a headdress. And there was so much symbolism in that. I think white men do need to lift up black women. I think specifically white men need to lift up black women. I'm going to just go ahead and say that. 
Yep. There okay. needs to be back, pause. Back to the subject at hand. You were talking about something, and of course, I got carried away into Grace Jones fantasy land because <laughs> my nipples are still a bit hard over all that. Well, it's. I mean, every time Rachel comes up, just that um, that daring to have that audacity, yeah, um, and it just. I, I think it's so like fire producing for me. And so <clears throat> when she sent me a text message saying, I need to figure out a way to be able to connect the dots between American designers and the designers in Ukraine that are experiencing um, devastating loss of workspace, of um, a marketplace, um, just so many different things. And I know that she's connected recently with Jen Sidray of um, Angel for Fashion. And so I just want to mm. um, tell you hold about on, hold, on. hold on. Did you say Jen Sidray? Mm hmm. Sappos Jen Sidray? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Formally, yeah. Wow. yeah. Well, yeah. No, you know, I don't even know mm -hmm. if Sappos exists anymore, but she was instrumental in, in creating that empire. Uh, can you speak a little bit about uh, Jen Sidri so our listeners know who we're talking about? So she's just this um, powerhouse of um, fashion uh, movers and shakers. Um, she just has an eye um, that I am total fangirling, stuttering over my words, like during... Um, my move here to Denver really was kind of like a touchstone watching her change from um, this uh, Zappos representative um, and moving to Ukraine and all the life and vibrancy um, that she was beginning to share from that fashion community and just the devastation of what's going on um with the war over there and with, um, again, an even more acute loss of people who should be doing their art and instead they're fighting for their countries. And so now that she's trying to uplift these uh, Ukrainian designers um, who sometimes were left with um, nothing but their collections running, um, I, I felt it was important um, to talk about the um, Angels for Fashion. And that's the name of the website for her is angelsforfashion.com so where people can buy Ukrainian fashion I, there. I'm going to put some concrete information out so people understand the the level that this woman has achieved within the fashion industry. Mm. Uh, Jen Sidri is the former president of sales at Vivian Westwood. And she was the former head of Zappos Couture at Zappos. Buyer for Halls, Kansas City. I mean, this woman has worked at the top and, and her new website, which is um, Angel for Fashion, all one word, dot com. Isn't mm -hmm. it? Yes. Angel for Fashion, all one word, dot com. Please check yeah. it out. Uh, and, and, and that's what we want to talk about this morning a little bit. I think that that I, I had been doing some research uh, myself after you told me about the website, and I think that this is an amazing idea. Uh, can you speak to that? What what is what is angelforfashion.com? Well, generally, it seems to be putting together this platform for designers in the Ukraine to get more exposure here in the United States, um, and. I think that this tactile, this textile, tactile visual 
is such an important connection for people to to humanize what is going on over there. And um, I think that once people um, see others' creative um, fashion art on um, images um, that are crafted just like they are here um, or any other place that is producing fashion and imagery from it, that it makes it more real um, and um, in a way actually tangible. People can buy those things and help support those designers. Which and even though we're struggling here, I, I know that it's a small voice, but it can be used for good too. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I was going to say um, we're all struggling here too. Why aren't we telling people to support American designers specifically? Um, but but I, I think that it is important to understand the difference between those of us who are dealing with um, the last death throes of a pandemic and those whose cities and towns have been arbitrarily destroyed. And uh, they're going to need a lot of income to rebuild. They're going to need immediate income to survive. And as we know, the apparel industry in any country uh, supplies a lot of of the GPD. So this is a brilliant idea. I think that her platform right now is featuring over 30 brilliant Ukrainian fashion designers. So, uh, yes, you're right. We are suffering, but um, it's... Well, a, and it, I think that that's pause for another episode because the whole buy us is felt like a dead horse for such a oh long God, time yes you know that um like i want to kind of put a period right there and move that to another episode because um or even just an episode on that because i you know i think that people you know like to say oh this is made in america but the reality is so many bits and pieces of those come from other countries uh, we are here in detroit we have shinola watches uh, which they claim are made in the us and they are They're assembled. assembled here <laughs> the the actual watches the the watch workings are all made in uh switzerland or sweden or something uh and, and you know they did do leather production for a while but they outsourced all of those jobs like uh, a team of 30 people were one day unemployed because those jobs got outsourced to japan and i believe that they come in as pretty much bags without zippers or straps and we uh put the zippers and straps on here in detroit and call it made in america yeah yeah i mean like there's a lot of creative ways that people who have gone to manufacture utilize the way that the laws are written for garments and their sale in this part of the world in a very untoward and very sus way <laughs> yeah you know the, the the federal law is that um if it doesn't have its closures the zippers it's not actually what it is so mm -hmm. for instance uh you know several of our major denim companies all have the same manufacturing. Uh, Mecalara in um, Texas, uh, Mexico make them. They send them without zippers or snaps. They they have a factory in San Francisco where they do a lot of that work, and then it's considered made in America because mm -hmm. they come in those pieces without zippers or snaps are considered components. Yeah. Even though they're entire garments without zippers or snaps. Right. Shady, um, shady as hell. Oh, yeah. Super sus. A anyway, so... Um, <laughs> We want people to check out that website, obviously. We want people to be aware of the work of, of um, Jen Sittery and of uh, Rachel and of the um, 
project that Rachel is involved in. Um, you know, there are some amazing Ukrainian designers that no one's ever heard of. Uh, some of my favorites, for instance, are Vita Kin, uh, Frolov, um, Sleeper does amazing stuff. They've been in business since 2014. Bevza, really amazing. Uh, minimalist, I think that a lot of the people that listen to us would love Minimalist. They are biodegradable and recyclable. 91 Lab, beautiful, beautiful loungewear um, and jacquards and things. So check it out and yeah. support if you can. I mean, if you're going to buy some new clothes, um, buy them from the Ukrainian people and help support them while buying your new clothes. We, you may not have the budget to buy new clothes and support Ukraine, but you could support Ukraine by buying your clothes from them. And if it's not a financial option for you, just share that message. Sure. Um, because even just that person to person of like, this is something that really speaks to me, um, but it's not something I can financially support, but I can share that message. And so we encourage you to do the same thing. Um, I agree. I'm excited about. I, I'm um, sorry, I, I muted myself because I was coughing. Oh, gosh, no worries. I've never, been munching on chips. Um, <laughs> okay, so what else is going on? Oh, gosh, what else is going on? Um, I haven't looked a whole lot into um, really what... Um, hmm, I wanted to begin our... Um, next set of um, interviews slash um, kind of questions, things that we've gone through. But I feel like we've got a pretty good solid list to start picking and choosing from. And um, okay. we're getting... Why don't we tease um, the listeners that we have and give them sort of a, a sneak peek at what we're going to be talking about over the next few episodes? Well, and... I want to kind of further expand um, some of our sourcing um, agent and then project managers and how those help develop brands. So that's kind of one of our topics that is on our horizon. And that'll um, actually, would that be next Tuesday? No, that's probably going to be three or four uh, weeks if I remember. Yeah, it'll probably be um, our fifth or sixth episode. Yes. And, and isn't the Tuesday up? Do, don't we begin talking a bit about that? What's uh, I, I don't have my calendar up, but I think that we're having a conversation um, on Tuesday for the podcast about um, the fashion industry in general and the romantic ideas about what it is. Is that what, what Tuesday's subject is? Yeah. So we began down that umbrella of um, being in the fashion community and what that means and what those roles look like. What that really means as opposed mm -hmm. to what it feels like. Yeah. And then we're going to dig deep into some of our um, personal um, designer um, issues that we've run into. Um, and I'm going to be pretty blunt about it. Being a um, overweight woman who is actually in that category of being obese, being a fat designer um, has some limitations and I want to talk about them. Oh, honey, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, you know, when, when my lungs were injured, when I worked for the, um, Texas lottery, um, I was on prednisone for like 10 years and I gained 200 pounds. I was 446 pounds and wore a size 62. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that was, that was, a, uh, expanding from a size 38. And I thought 38 was fat. So um, 
I, I have had my weight fluctuate in my life, but I was a dancer for years. So I was always in great shape and, and the prednisone uh, not only made me fat, but it destroyed muscle tissue, it destroyed teeth. So I am not the pretty package that I once was. And much like you, I think people judge the package and never think of the content. Yeah, I think that that's true. And that's going to be an amazing episode and everyone should probably have Kleenex, including us. That's true. Um, and I, I think that the um, cousin to that discussion um, is a, another one of our episodes where we talk about being designers with chronic illnesses and disabilities. And so I think that um, the I don't know anything about that either. Yeah, I know. It's a mystery. <laughs> it's a mystery. I'll be interested to hear what people have to say. No, you know, uh, I, I, life happens. And part mm-hmm. of living is, is dealing with chronic illness and disability. Um, and Megan and I are going to dig into how we have circumnavigated and overcome um, some very disabling conditions. It's true. And, um, you know, how we operated um, through those conditions, because a lot of it is is working through that, too. Um, and then we want to start talking to a lot of our um, listeners about how are they pricing their things? Are they starting to think about um, their end market, where they want to go? Do they want to be selling directly? Do they want to be competing pricing if they have a wholesale account? So um, we're really bringing a lot of those questions to the front too. Yeah, that's that's a big one because mm-hmm. uh, it seems like designers do one of two things. And, and, and it's rare that unless they are seasoned and guided that they ever actually get a bullseye, they either sell everything that they've made way too inexpensively, or they completely overvalue everything that they've made and try to sell it wholesale at bespoke prices. And, and uh, I'll give you all a hint um, today. Um, you can't charge your clients for the time it took you to figure it out. And you can't charge your clients for the time that it took you to take it apart to fix it when you made a mistake. And you can't charge your clients for your mistakes. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's today's tip. Do not think about (laughs) charging your clients for your mistakes. Your mistakes are not their fault. That's your learning curve people. Um, You you know, Mm -hmm. before we go, because I've got to run, it's almost, um, it's almost one o'clock here in Detroit. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to clarify something, uh, and and I don't want anyone to think that I am in any way backpedaling from statements that I've made. I would like to clarify that the the gentleman in the diaper, that I have been so brutally honest and perhaps even um, acidic about, is a brilliant hair artist. And as a hair artist and as a team leader, he has my ultimate respect. I think that he is brilliant in his um, lane. I, I, I just wish that he would stay in his lane. And if he wants to expand his lane, I wish that he would get people like you, Megan, on board to make uh, the, the productions and the fashion week that they throw viable. Um, but but I, I do not denigrate him as a person. I am denigrating some of his choices and I am denigrating his um, and, 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 and casting in a scan's eye at his fashion week. Is that okay to say? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like when Bjork wore the swan dress and, um, you know, that's probably been decades at this point, but it's still something that pops up into my mind immediately about, like, let's have an open discussion about what is considered fashion and not 
have this, oh God, well, I maybe stepped on somebody's toes who's super popular in their region or um, even worldwide, like a, a personality like Bajorg, um, who makes a fashion choice that just kind of leaves people with their heads scratching. Just what? And, and her and her stylist defense at least somebody actually put work into the swan dress I, well yeah unlike the diaper at least there was work and that work was valuable that was, was a lot inc- of work in that incredibly avant-garde but in the end it read as silly yeah, right it didn't read as a, a serious um piece. It, it, it read as silly it read as silly and that was unfortunate but um i don't think she cared no, because she has a fun personality, and maybe that was the part that she was embracing. But I think that it got overrun by how other people felt about it and how you and I feel about a diaper coming down a runway is literally our own business. It's all our own business. And, well, you know, um, I, I think the reason that I reacted so um, um, viscerally is because of the amount of respect that I have for that gentleman as a hairdresser. And and I I it it looked like they were he was shooting himself in the foot by doing this. I'm concerned about how ill ill conceived that concept was, and and that you know that that's that's my visceral reaction. Is I can't believe that somebody so talented has done this bad choice. Um, and listen, you you ma'am, and 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 please forgive me for this, but your Texas is showing in the biggest way. How's that? <laughs> um, we don't pronounce her name Bjork. It's Bjork. Bjork. <laughs> the J is, is a Y sound. So she is Bjork. Well, you know, I just. You are from Texas, honey. Texas. Texify everything. Versace. <laughs> oh, no. When I say tarot. And I don't mean to correct you uh, on a podcast, but I also want our listeners to know exactly who you're talking about and to let them know that we are aware that it's Bjork. We also don't want Bjork's people calling us unless they want to order a dress. <laughs> it can make you some lingerie. With we can make you some chicken. <laughs> we'll, we'll make you some swan lingerie. You can have a swan on each bosom, Bjork. Oh, man. Swan song, the whole thing. It's connecting in my brain. <laughs> right? I, I see a whole new concept. Well, I hope you have a really good day, and I'm, I appreciate that you take the time for me on these Fridays. Oh, well, you know, I, 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 let's be honest. I, we talk every day, and I, I really do want people to know that, that um, these conversations, especially our phone calls, they're, they're just as they happen. This mm-hmm. is this is a real type of conversation that the two of us have. I mean, when we're talking to each other, we obviously don't um, speak about websites and, <laughs> and spell them out for each other, you know. But um, these are pretty much conversations that we would have normally. Mm-hmm. And I forget, like like the last uh, time we did a, a phone call um, podcast, Megan, I was looking for a phone to hang up when we were finished because it felt. <laughs> I'm literally going, oh, oh, it's it's the headphones. It's through the computer. What am I doing? Um, so I hope everyone's enjoying this. Uh, the feedback so far has been awesome. Yeah. Both Megan and I last night listened to the body of podcasts that we've uh, put up on our website so far. And I have to tell you, even though even though I am a participant in them, I was riveted. 
I think that yeah. this is some good stuff, and I hope that other people are enjoying it, and I hope that that it's edifying you and giving you drive to excel and to evolve. Yeah. I, and and I, I, I'm really looking forward to next week talking to you um, really briefly and releasing our regular episode. Yay. I'd listen, um, as we go out, can you be the one to tell them what our website is and where they can find our podcasts and pod calls? You bet. You've just heard Phone a Fashion Friend today with Megan Somerville and Benson Roberts. We'd like to invite you to advancedfashiondisruption.com where you can find notes from today's episode and all of our past episodes and links to anything that we're talking about. So thank you so much for listening today.